Good evening to those in the social media land. This is Grace and Faith Fellowship coming to you with our Sunday night message. I'm excited to come to you with the word of God on tonight. Tonight, I'm I'm really excited. I'm excited about the word that God has given me because um, it really challenged me as a believer to really think about this. And we, tonight, we're going to talk about the Lordship of Christ, okay? The Lordship of Christ. Um, when we think about that, you know, we often hear, I mean, you heard in church that Jesus Christ is Lord. You know, we say he's Lord over our lives. When we, you know, think about that, we say it. And I remember growing up with the song, it was a little song that we sung um, after the prayer that he is Lord. That the word said that, here's how the words went. He is Lord. He has risen from the dead. And he is Lord. It says, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And we know that is true. There's going to come a day that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. But the thing is, do we really believe that he's Lord? Okay. Do we really believe that? You may say, okay, yeah, I believe that Jesus Christ. And you can say that with your lips. But do you really believe that Jesus Christ is Lord? Okay. The start, it says, is we will easily say Jesus is Lord. But the reality is that many of us are living with other lords. In other words, other things are ruling over our lives. We become slaves to that which we submit to, okay? So it's easy to say that, okay, that Jesus is Lord. He's Lord of all. It's easy. We, we, we let that roll off our lips and it's easy to say. But in reality, you may be, have other laws over your life, okay? Something else is ruling over your life. So you, we need to, and I had to examine myself with this. Is there other laws in your life? Is there other things that are ruling over our life? Have you become a slave to something else? It says before we become slaves to that which we submit to, okay? We submit to. So let's look at Romans chapter six. This is it. I'm going to read a lot of scripture tonight, but it's going to be in like two, two, three parts. So I'm not going to be able to finish it all tonight, but we're going to, we're going to take our time and we're going to really go through this. Cause I feel like really, really, um, this is really a strong word. This is a word that can challenge not only me, but you also. So let's look at Romans six, chapter six, I mean, verse 16, Romans six, verse 16. And it reads, and it says, do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey? You are that one slave whom you obey, whether whether of sin leading to death 
or of obedience leading to righteousness. I, I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation, okay? I like the way it reads. Romans chapter 6, verse 16, from the New Living Translation, it says, don't you realize that you become the slaves of whatever you choose to obey, okay? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to right living. So we see here, okay, it tells you, who do you, who are you obeying? And then you may be saying, well, I'm obeying God, you know, I choose to obey God, or you may be saying, well, I do the best I can to obey God. We all do, you know, but who are you in reality? Who are you really obeying? Okay. Because here's the thing, lordship is both theological and practical. Okay. I want to focus on that tonight. So it's both theology, theology, excuse me, theological and practical. Theological. The, the practical side is how how are you living, okay? Is Jesus the Lord of your life or are other things the Lord of your life? So theological, you may, Jesus may be the Lord of your life. You can, as we said, you can say it and you can easily say it and you may believe it with your head. Okay. If I ask you, is Jesus the Lord of your life? And you say, yeah, yeah. Okay, Jesus is the Lord of my life because you understand through the word that he is Lord. You know, we say he is Savior, he is Lord. Theological, you may believe it, but do you believe it practically? Is it, is it, can people see practically that Jesus is Lord of your life? Because like I said, the practical side is how are you living? Is Jesus Lord or are there other Lords? Oh, your life. So we're gonna get into some scriptures. We're gonna read um the first one, the story about um this man who was laying at the uh this pool gate, and we're gonna we're gonna read the story him reading it's, it's the gospel of John, chapter five, verse one through nine. I'm gonna read that. But can can we submit you so we can be submitting to the lordship of chronicle sickness? So chronicle sickness can be a Lord over your life. Many people believe God can heal them, but he might not. They may say, okay, well, God can believe me, but if it's his will, he'll do it. But, but that's a false Lord because the decision to heal all has already been made. Okay. Understand that Jesus when he died, he not only paid for the forgiveness of sin, but he paid for healing of all diseases. Okay, so let's read this story. Uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 5, 1 through 9. It says, After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to, to Jerusalem. Now, there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew. Bethesda, having five porches, and in, in, in these laid a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moves of the water. For an angel went down 
at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had, had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had he, he already had been in that condition in a long time. He said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I'm coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed walked and that day was the sabbath so we see here this man had been for 38 years waiting for the water to be troubled and remember look at look at this when jesus asked him do he want to be made well he started making excuses okay he started making excuses well i ain't got nobody to put me in when the water's trouble somebody's stepping before me the, the paralyzed man, okay, submitted to the lordship of bad teaching or a suspicion, and those things defined his life. So, you know, the Bible talked about this story about the water being trouble, and this could be true, this could not be true. I'm not going to say it's not, but the first thing is, if it's true, okay, there's some truth to that story, but he... He, he was he was submitting to the lordship of bad teaching. Are you submitting to the lordship of bad teaching about healing? You know, do you believe that, well, God can heal me, but if it's his will, then he'll heal me. It may not be his will, so I got to suffer, so God want me to stay sick. That's bad teaching. And I know everybody doesn't believe that, but it is God's will for you to be healed because the same Greek word for saved and around you can look it up sozo or soteria um that word has many meanings it means wholeness it means healing it means forgiveness of sin it means prosper okay so with your salvation salvation package came healing it is God's will. You have that in. But if you've submitted, been under bad teaching, then you submit into the lordship of bad teaching. Okay. And even though you the word tells you by his stripes, Isaiah 55, by his stripes you are healed. Okay. If you've been um exposed to the, hear the word say that and doesn't believe it then you rather believe you know somebody telling you well it may not be god's will even because you haven't seen the manifestation okay so that's bad teaching because it is god's will to heal and heal all the time now the question is well why doesn't everybody get healed well there's a lot of variables to that and don't have time to really get into that all tonight but a lot of times people don't know how to receive their healing that's why they don't get healed because once again, we've been taught bad, or this could be a super superstition. 
you know, you, you the lordship of a superstition. You're superstitious. Maybe you think, you know, some, some people think because their mama had cancer and their grandmama had cancer, then I'm going to have cancer too. And so if you get it, you just um, submit to that and say, well, you know what? I'm going to get all you live in fear of thinking because mama had it and grandmama had it. And way before that, then I'm going to get it too. And so therefore you're submitting to the lordship of superstition or bad teaching. And these things are defining your life. This bad teaching, this superstition, people have many superstitions about certain things. And even Christian people have certain have uh, superstitions about certain things. Maybe in, in your family line, or your bloodline. And so you're allowing these things to define your life. This is the Lord. This may be the Lord over your life. You are submitting to the Lord, which was a, a small L over your life. And it's dominating your life. So you're allowing those things to define you. The paralyzed man submitted to a wrong concept of God. Okay. He didn't know the word, the promises of God, or the covenant of God. He left healing up to other lords, and those lords dominated his life. So do you have a wrong concept of God? It is your concept of God accurate with the word of God. So I challenge you tonight. God is not a God who, who's out to get you, who's out to punish you every time you make a mistake. Okay? He's not a God who are putting you through things just to try to teach you something, allowing you to go through trouble and hardship because the Bible tells us where, where bad things come from. John 10 and 10. Okay. It says that God came to give us life and life more abundant. The enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. So if you ever want to know why bad thing, it comes from the enemy. Okay. So, so if, you, if your concept of God is, is wrong, then you're submitting to another Lord. So this man, this paradigm man, he had a wrong concept of God. He didn't know the word. I want to challenge you. Do you know the word? Do you know the promises of God? Do you know the covenant that you're under? This covenant of grace. Do you fully understand the covenant that you're in? Okay. And the promises that come with that covenant. Okay. Do you understand? Do you know God's word? I challenge you to get in a Bible um, teaching ministry that will teach you the word of God and understand the covenant that you're under. Because the Bible has many covenants. Okay. But what you need to understand what covenant that you're in right now and what are the promises of that covenant. So here's what you need to understand that anything. Okay, anything that's limiting your life is a false Lord. Anything. Okay. Okay. Anything that's limiting your life is a false Lord. So if you, you're limiting yourself, if you, you know, whether it's healing or whether it's prosperity or whatever the case may be, your relationships, anything that's limiting you. Okay, you need to understand is a false Lord. Okay, you're submitting to another Lord. 
Okay. There are examples in the Bible showing that the people who got healed were willing to break the lordship that had them bound. Okay. So the main example, we're going to get into some examples and we're going to read a lot of them, but we're going to see people who got healed, who got delivered or who experienced God. They, they broke. Okay. Um, they were willing to break the lordship that had them bound. And you've got to be willing to, to break the lordship. If there's a Lord that has you bound, if you have a false concept of God, or if you're submitting to something that does not line up with the word of God and the promises of God, you, you have a false Lord in your life. Okay, so let's look at the, um, the woman with the issue of blood. And that is, in, I'm reading from Matthews chapter 5, verses 25 through 34. Let's look at this woman with issue of blood. Okay, the woman with the issue of blood was moved to break through her tradition and through the law in order to get to Jesus, touch him and receive her healing because she was unwilling to submit to the lordship of the law. So let's read this, okay? Now, now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather got worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself the power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude throbbing you and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told the whole truth. And she said, he and he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Be healed of your affliction. So see, so this woman, now mind you, think about this story, okay? Here's the thing about this story. This woman was not supposed to be in public with that sickness because she wasn't supposed to be around people at all. The law said that if you had these issues, you were supposed to not be in public around people. You could be in trouble. But guess what? She did not submit to the lordship of the law because under the law, she was wrong. But the Bible said, I love what this says. It says that, look at this story. She was going to many physicians and she had spent all her money and was getting no better. It says she grew worse. Maybe you're in a situation right now. Maybe you, you know, the doctors have told you, you know, there's nothing they can do. You've tried all these um, procedures and medicine, and you're not um, getting any better. 
And I, once again, when I say that, before I say it, I'm not against doctors, okay? But do you believe the doctor's report or do you believe God's report? God says, by his stripes, you are here. It says he sent his word, and this is Psalms 103, and he healed all the disease and delivered that life from destruction, okay? This is what the word of God says, okay? So you've been the physician, you've tried everything else, you, what you're doing, you're submitting to the lordship of your physician. And you, you're not submitting to the lordship of the great physician, which his name is Jesus. Okay, his name is Jesus. You're getting worse. But I love what she said. She said, her faith said, if I can only touch his clothes, I will be made whole. I will challenge you, release your faith. For you here, speak it out. Okay, speak what you believe. If you don't, don't go to God begging for Him to heal you now. God, please heal me. I'm saying no. You find a scripture, and you can read this story right here in Matthew five twenty five, and declare by His stripes I'm here. Jesus, I thank you for paying for my healing two thousand years ago. I receive by faith that I am here. And don't check your body now. Just, you. just believe the word. Because if you just, you're waiting for it to see it in your body, then that's not right. No, believe what the word says over your body. Okay. And I, so she didn't submit to, to the lordship of the law. The law says she won't supposed to be in public. Okay. The law said that she could get in trouble for being in public with the woman with this condition. And so she said, she said, nope, I'm not going to submit to the law. I know what the law says. So she broke protocol. In this case, she was broke protocol and said, you know what? I believe that Jesus could heal me. And so maybe you submit, you know, there may be things in society that says, you know what? You're not supposed to do, but if the Lord leads you to do it, and I'm not saying go out here and break the law, but if the Holy Spirit leads you to do something, who are you going to obey? You're going to obey God or you're going to obey man. And I love this because Jesus said, listen what he said to daughter, your faith have made you well. Her faith is your faith that's going to get you. Your faith go out and take what God has already made available, okay? So you need to understand that it, it takes what God has already made available to you. So you have to release your faith. And I love that. So she didn't submit. She was unwilling to submit to the lordship of the law. And so because she did, she was willing to break tradition. See, a lot of times we allow tradition, even in our families, in our churches, we allow tradition to keep us from receiving what God has for us. Okay. All tradition is not bad. Let me say that. All tradition is not bad. But if tradition, whether it be in your family or whether it be in your ministry, if tradition, traditional teaching has told you, is limiting you from getting what God has made available to you, then you need to break that. You need to break that Lord over your life, okay? And submit to the Lordship of Jesus. Okay, we're gonna read um, also, there's another story. 
And I'm, I'm going to end here tonight. We're going to pick up next week. But this is a story about a man who was paralyzed. This is a man about who's paralyzed. This is in Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. This man who was paralyzed. Okay. In the story of the paralytic on the cot, his friends was unwilling to submit to the lordship of politeness and etiquette. Okay, let's look at this story. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. It says, and again, he entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately, many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. This is Jesus preaching. And then he came, then they came to him, bringing a paralytic with who was carried by his by four men. And when they, they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reading in them in their hearts. Why does this man speak blasphemy like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, why do you reason among these things in your heart? Which is easier to say to the paralytic? Your sins are forgiven or say, arise, take up your bed and walk. But that you may know that the son of man has the power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. And immediately he arose, took up his bed and went out in the presence of them all. So that all were amazed and glorified God saying, we have never saw anything like this. So we see in the story. This paralytic, his friends were unwilling to submit to the lordship of politeness and etiquette. In other words, now they could have. We see the situation rather. They couldn't get in. They couldn't get to the door. It was too crowded. Jesus was preaching. I believe this was his house. They couldn't get to the door. They, they could have said, you know what? We can't. We, we're going back because the king is too crowded. You know, we can't get through. And so if they had said that, that man would have never got his healing. He would have never got his breakthrough. He would have never got delivered from the element that he was in. And so that is submitting to the the lordship of politeness. So instead, they say, you know, forget it. We're going to go on top of the roof and we're going to cut the roof out. Now, mind you, this this is radical because it's not even their house. But my question is, are you submitting to the lordship of being polite? I mean, a lot of times when there are obstacles in our way, you know, you know, there may be whatever the obstacle is, um, it may be crowded where you're going. Okay, it may be difficult. You may have things that you have to go through, steps 
to get what God wants you. But a lot of times we won't fight through. We'll say, well, you know what? Sometimes when we face, um, you know, obstacles in our way, we'll say, well, it must not be God's will because hey, we think that everything's supposed to be smooth. Well, if God wanted me to have this, I wouldn't have these challenges. You know, even with you, with, with healing, um, we'll say, well, you know what? If God wanted me healed, then I would have, you know, the chemo would have healed me or the medicine would heal me. I'd be okay. No, and you being too polite, you're not being radical enough. You know, you're not being radical. You, you're not willing to push through. You're settling. And so you're being too polite etiquette. You got to be unwilling to not submit to a politeness where, hey, well, you're not willing to push through and get what God has for you. Because you got to remember, you got an enemy that's going to fight you. I love the fact that they didn't just stop when they saw the crowd. They didn't allow that. But Jesus, I like the Bible said, because Jesus saw their faith. Jesus saw how persistent they were, how they, they really wanted what God had for their friend. And think about it, this is their friend. This man is paralyzed. So his friends had enough faith to say, you know what? We're not going to stop. I know this looks bad. I know there's obstacles. We can't get through. We can't get to the door. We can't get. So you know what? But you know what? We believe God. And you know what? They was like, you know what? Desperate times calls for desperate measure. They believed they wanted their friends healed. And so they were willing to do something radical in order that their friend might receive his healing. And so you've got to understand today. So this is what the Lord said. So I want to ask you again, what Lord are you submitting to that's keeping you from the things of God? Okay, what, what Lord are you submitting to? Because you need to understand that, hey, you can... Now, once again, you can say it practically that Jesus is Lord. I mean, you can say it theological. Okay. In theory, you can say it theological. He may be Lord of your life. You may be saying, yeah, he's Lord of my life. I believe it. But is it practical? Are you living it out? Are you living a life where people can see? And where you can see that Jesus is Lord. And I just gave you a few examples and we're going to continue. We're going to pick up next week. We're going to pick up next week. But I want to challenge you to open those doors. All right. Are you allowing things to limit your life? I, do you have little lords of it? Uh, is Jesus your Lord of your life or are you being limited by tradition? Are you being limited by politeness and etiquette? Are you limit, being limited in the things of God because you have a wrong concept of God? Your thinking is wrong. And because you don't know the word, and a lot of times we're limited. And I believe this is one of the biggest things. A lot of times we're limited because we don't know the word of God. You may not know the word of God. 
I challenge you to get into the word of God and know what the word of God says and believe it. Take God as his word is what he said. Okay. And don't allow um, bad teaching or tradition to keep you from what God has promised you. Because people will talk you out of your blessing. People will talk you out of the things of God. And religion will do that. Oh, my goodness. I can't tell you how God really dealt with me as far as getting the religion out of my life. And me experiencing an intimate relationship with him in every area of my life. In my finances, in my prayer life, and studying the word and receiving the healing for the things that I need. Okay, but if you allow these little lords to limit you, then you're not going to receive all that God has for you. But God has called us now. He says, so I want you to really take a look at this as we continue to go through this and challenge yourself and be look at your life. It says, is Jesus Lord of my life? Am I? Am I living this out in a practical way or am I just stuck in the theological concept that Jesus is Lord? Yeah, I say it with my lips and I know based on what the word says that Jesus is Lord. Yeah, he has risen from the dead. You believe that. But I want to challenge you tonight to get to the place where when you say Jesus is Lord of your life, it becomes practical. You can, you see it, you begin to live this out in your life and people be, begin to see you live in life. And then you see the results of Jesus being Lord, the Lordship of Christ. So we're going to stop there tonight and we're going to pick up next week on part two of this. But I just want to kind of you know, start this and begin. But I really believe this is a word for you tonight, for many people to really examine life. When you say that Jesus is Lord, is it just theological or is it practical? Are you living it out? Do people, are you living it out in your life? And we read these stories where people were, um, challenge to limit themselves to be to allow other things to lord over their life because as i said before anything that's limited to you is a false lord if it's limited to your life so i want you to examine yourself as we go through this this series i mean this teaching examine yourself and take an inventory of your life and find out that you know what are you being limited by other laws versus allowing Jesus Christ to be Lord of your life and to see the results of him being Lord of your life. So let me pray for you. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for every hear, ear that's hearing this word. I thank you that people now are being set free from the laws that are limiting, from these false laws that are limiting their life. I thank you, God, that these the false law that being broken over the life, God, but God, they will submit to your leadership, to your lordship, uh, and allow your lordship 
to rule and reign over their life. God, I come against the Lord of tradition. I come against the Lord of bad teaching, the Lord of superstition. God, that you, I thank you for revealing to them and through your word, the Holy Spirit ministered to them and showed them where their lives are being limited and allow the Lordship of Jesus to reign over God that they may experience all that you have for them. And I give you praise and I thank you for doing it in that person's life around who's been delivered and set free from the Lord, from the Lordship of sickness, of doctor reports. But God, let them, I thank you that you're speaking to them right now, that you are Lord like, and that they're being healed and set free and delivered from all sickness and disease right now. And I declare that you are free and you are healed. By his stripes, you are here. And I give you glory now and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Once again, thank you for listening. We'll be back with you again on next week to continue on the Lordship of Christ. May God bless you.